Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast in partnership with Kidney Care UK, sharing faith, knowledge, hope, and love. Hi, and welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. My name is Dee Moore, and I am a kidney warrior. This podcast is dedicated to encourage, educate, and inspire as we explore all aspects of kidney disease, related chronic illnesses, and health. If you have any questions or ideas for topics you would like me to cover, please get in contact with me on social media using the handle Diary of a Kidney Warrior. My guest today is Kidney Care UK's Policy Director, Fiona Loud. Fiona joins me for part two of the Priced Out of Existence series and shares an update about the Priced Out of Existence campaign and the cost of living crisis. Hi, and welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. How are you doing today, Fiona? I'm doing really well, thank you. The sun's shining and uh, it's great to talk to you. Thanks, Dee. Great to speak with you. This interview today is following on from the Priced Out of Existence interview, which was episode 85 of Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast, where I interviewed Phoenix and Phoenix shared about what life is like as a hemodialysis patient in the midst of the credit crisis. It's a really powerful interview. And if you haven't yet listened to it, please check out that interview. So that's episode 85. So today I'm with Fiona Loud, who is Policy Director of Kidney Care UK. And we're going to talk about what's happening Following on from the interview with Phoenix, he's mentioned quite a few things in the interview. And so I wanted to talk about from a policy perspective, what is happening now? What are the updates now? You know, has anything changed for the better? And I think who better than to answer these questions than our very own Fiona Loud. One of the things that Phoenix spoke about in our interview was the campaign and also how politicians got involved in terms of the campaign as well. I know that there was a extra special mention about the campaign. And could you tell us a bit more about that? It was uh, quite an exciting day, actually, Dee. So, yeah, as Phoenix said, we called the campaign priced out of existence. That was his words, wasn't it? Because that's how he felt that was what was happening to kidney patients. And it was such a good phrase that with his agreement, we adopted it for the campaign. And we spent quite a lot of time telling everybody about this and, and the need for people to get their reimbursement. And this is about May 2022, I suppose. So probably just over a year ago. And we'd written out to lots of MPs about all of this and sent them a briefing about it, etc. And through one of those routes, we suddenly got contact on a, a Tuesday night that said, basically, the leader of the Labour Party would like to speak to Phoenix about priced out of existence. Where I went, oh, OK. So I was standing in my kitchen. It's about nine o'clock at night and thought that will be for Prime Minister's questions tomorrow. So it was one of Keir Starmer's team that was in touch. So to cut a very long story short, I had to say to Phoenix, you know, would you mind if your question is being you know, asked about in Parliament? Because as a charity, you know, we're non-political, but we talk to all the politicians about what's needed without fear or favour, about what's needed for kidney patients in, in all parts of the country. But we needed to check with Phoenix that he was happy for his name to be mentioned, basically. And of course, he was he was delighted, I think, as you probably heard. And it ended up with a quick briefing call in the morning 
with him, Keir Starmer, myself, Sharon from Comms, and the person in Keir Starmer's team. And it was just really for Phoenix. And it was just to say, how are you? Would you mind if we talked about what dialysis patients need and the issues for the cost of living at the moment? And that was a yes. And so then we all switched the TV on an hour or so later. And a question came up, which basically said, can we talk about reimbursement for for kidney patients who feel they've been priced out of existence by the cost of living crisis? And the Prime Minister, the then Prime Minister, which was Boris Johnson at that time, we've had several since then, he said that, yes, the NHS does, of course, pay for dialysis, but I will get, of course, what he wasn't reflecting was the cost of the dialysis at home, the electricity costs. But what he did say was, I'll get my team to look into this. And as a result of that, we must have got a call back that afternoon, which said, hang on a minute, what's going on here? We explained about the reimbursement again. And that led to a letter that went out. I'm sure it wasn't the only thing, but certainly that was one of the results, I think, of that. So we were told to a letter going out across to the different hospitals to remind them of their duty to reimburse people for the costs of dialysis at home. So that's part of the story behind that particular day. And what it meant was that for once, because we don't think enough people talk about kidney disease, and I know lots of people listening probably feel the same, that it actually made its way into the House of Commons, which is a change and which is different and kind of raised quite a lot of awareness, I suppose, in the media as well of the fact that, do you know what, if you've got kidney failure, yes, the NHS is good because it offers dialysis, but actually, hang on a minute, if you're doing dialysis at home, which is a great choice, and you should get your reimbursement for it. As I may have said, and I may say several times during this podcast. Wow, that really is exciting to have that question asked in the Houses of Parliament and nicely ties into what I'm now going to ask, which is really starting from the beginning again, why is dialysis reimbursement needed? Yeah, that's a really good question, Dee. What we've been talking about in Priced Out of Existence, what Phoenix was talking about, was he dialyses at home. And it's about the costs of the electricity and the water that you use when you dialyse at home. Perhaps not everybody will realise that, but when you use a machine that you have to plug in, it uses power. And I think everyone probably knows that because of the price of the cost of living has just gone up and up and up, energy prices have gone up. And so the costs of doing your own treatment at home have naturally gone up as well. And that's the reason that it needs reimbursement. During the interview with Phoenix, he mentioned that this reimbursement isn't a mandatory thing, like the hospitals don't have to do that. So has that situation changed? Well, the situation has changed. But in fact, money has always been given to the hospitals, I say always, at least since 2016, to say the hospital I'm talking about in England at the moment, where Phoenix is in Coventry in England, isn't he, where he's based. And the money's been given to the hospital trusts for them to give back to the patients who are on home hemodialysis. So the money is there, but not all hospitals were giving people their money back, or perhaps were even aware that that was something that they'd been given money to do. So what's changed is that they all got a letter reminding them of their duty to do so. So has this letter made any difference in terms of hospitals reimbursing people? It's helped. Yeah, it's helped. And when I say, you know, the letter, of course, that's been alongside the work that we've been doing with the Priced Out of Existence with Phoenix as well to tell everybody, and that's telling the hospitals, patients and the politicians that 
people need their reimbursement for the costs of running a dialysis machine at home. So speaking about the different types of dialysis specifically, we started with speaking about home hemodialysis, which I'm sure a lot of people are more familiar with when they think of dialysis. What they picture is actually hemodialysis. The other type of dialysis that people do at home is peritoneal dialysis. So peritoneal dialysis patients, are they entitled to the same reimbursement as well? Or is this just for home hemodialysis patients? Yes, it's quite a good question, actually, isn't it? Because there's, as you say, well, there's hemo that you can have in hospital, there's hemo you can have at home, and there's peritoneal, which is in your tummy. So peritoneal in your tummy uses electricity, but it doesn't use loads and loads of water in the same way that a dialysis machine uses, although you still have to have water, of course. So the main sort of guidance that's out there is for paying people back for home hemodialysis. But they've also been asked to come up with ways to reimburse for peritoneal dialysis at home. And I think that's, I don't know what you think, but I think that's quite important because electricity has just gone up and up and up. And that's where we're at. And if you've chosen to have peritoneal dialysis at home, I had peritoneal dialysis for a while when I was on dialysis. And it's a good choice because you can continue to do other activities as well. And you don't have to go out to a hospital all the time. So it's important that you get that choice. And so it's important that you get your reimbursement as well. And the letter did ask the trust to come up with ways to reimburse for that as well. I suppose I should say, though, just so everybody knows that some hospitals have already been paying people back for that money for quite a long time. So it's not all. It's just some, for both for peritoneal and for hemo. And in terms of the amount that is reimbursed, is this the full amount or is this a percentage of the amount? That's a good question. So some people get the full amount, but lots of people don't. They might get a bit. So, for example, they might just get, you know, you know, 50 pounds a quarter or something like that. I'm certain when, when we first started looking at this, this was the kind of thing. And of course, it costs more than that. Whatever it costs, depending on how much dialysis you do, it costs more than that. And there are still some people who seem to get kind of bits of money, but not perhaps what we all think is right. And hopefully people in the audience would agree as well that it should be in full, it should be fair, and it should be timely. By that, I mean, should know when you're going to get it. You shouldn't have to wait months and months to get the money back that you've paid out. So currently there still isn't a mandatory amount that's paid back or a time period in which it should be paid back? Correct. That is correct. There is a calculator that some hospitals use. Some hospitals use other things, other ways to, to work out how much people are, are owned. But it's done by hospital, so it's not kind of like a national number or anything like that. When I think of dialysis, I automatically think of adults, but obviously children have dialysis as well. So in terms of the reimbursement, does this cover children or people under the age of 18 as well? So again, the hospitals have been asked to look at working out ways to repay for children's dialysis as well. So that's newer. We think that that should have been happening all along. In fact, all of this should have been happening all along, shouldn't it? Because it's a cost that you have to run your treatment. And the NHS is meant to be free at the point of delivery. We're very lucky to have the NHS. It's not perfect, but we're very lucky to have it. Well, I think so anyway. 
and you're nodding away there. <laughs> so I expect you think so as well. We've definitely benefited from the NHS, haven't we, Dee? So, Absolutely. Um, yeah. But, you know, if you've got a child on dialysis, well, exactly the same. You know, it costs you money, of course, because you've still got to use the electricity for your machines. Lots of children would use peritoneal dialysis rather than hemodialysis. And so that electricity should be paid back as well. And some hospitals were already doing it. Others have been asked to work out ways in which to do that. So it's kind of like a bit piecemeal, which is could be better. And that's why we're having this conversation, really, isn't it? Because it's definitely an update on the compelling stories that Phoenix tells about exactly what it's like to be cold and on dialysis. And so it's good to say that there has been a bit of progress, but it needs to be complete. So thinking about what we've just discussed in terms of the different modalities of dialysis, so whether it's hemodialysis or peritoneal dialysis or a person under the age of 18 who is having dialysis at home, all of this costs money and all of this should be reimbursed by the hospital because, as you said, Fiona, the hospitals are being given money to reimburse patients. So this money should be passed on. But for somebody who isn't getting that reimbursement from their hospital, what can be done about that? What advice can you give in terms of help and support? So as you say, you know, this cost of living crisis time, people who have their dialysis at home, they do have a, it's kind of an extra challenge, isn't it? Because of those costs. Home dialysis is good for people. It's a good choice for many people because you can continue to to kind of live as much of your life as possible without having to go into the hospital all the time. Home dialysis uses up a lot of electricity and water. People might be interested to know that we worked this out actually a while back, that a, a typical household would have to have more than 75 baths a week to consume the same amount of water if you had dialysis at night at home. So that's kind of how much water people are using. So but for people who are wondering, you know, where to go to for advice, what to do, I would say have a look at our website. So we've got lots of advice on the Kidney Care UK website. And if you need particular kind of help, because you've got some particular things you think, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know who to ask. Get in touch with us. We've got a team of advocacy officers, often known as patient support and advocacy officers, because that's what they do. And they're a fantastic team across the whole of the UK. And so if you're wondering what to do and thinking, I'm not getting any support here, any money back, just get in touch with us and ask to be put in contact with your local advocacy officer. That's probably the first place to start if you've got some questions about this. Some people do get a bit of money back, but they don't cover the whole cost of your electricity and your water. And they need to do that. So while we're very grateful to the NHS, as we've said several times before, for the you know, for the choice of dialysis, everyone needs to have that choice. And the cost, you know, we want you to have that cost, that choice without having to worry about the cost of it as well. And that's what the Priced Out of Existence campaign has been about. So I know that Kidney Care UK did a survey about how the cost of living affected people doing hemodialysis at home. So what did the survey show? Yeah, we we actually ran two different surveys. And I'd like to thank everybody that, that fills out our surveys because they really help because if you're telling us what your experience is like, we can use that experience to say to the people with the purse strings, with the policymakers, hey, guys, you need to listen to this. This is what people are going through. And those surveys, they were for people, probably for, actually for all kidney patients, but we kind of particularly majored on people on home dialysis. And we found that I think eight out of 10 people 
on home dialysis who were getting reimbursement said that it didn't cover all of the costs of their treatment. So that's quite a lot, really, isn't it? You know, we were talking before about some either getting no reimbursement or some reimbursement. Well, eight out of 10 said they felt what they got didn't cover all the costs of their treatment. Some people said that they were thinking about stopping home dialysis and going back to hospital dialysis. I do hope that people don't feel they have to do that because if they've chosen to dialyse at home, that's probably because it suits them best. And this is something I think that could be overcome still. And the other thing that came through quite strongly was people are really worried about how to afford things. And some people were saying that they were missing a meal a day to save money, which is shocking, really, isn't it? It is. Absolutely disgusting that you have to choose between eating and having your treatment in 2023. Terrible, terrible. It is. And I think one other thing that people might be shocked to hear, though not if you're on home dialysis, perhaps, is that a lot of people just don't switch their heating on. You heard that from Phoenix, didn't you? They just don't use their heating anymore. So, and one of the, well, there's, there's several things about that, aren't there? People with kidney disease, kidney failure, are usually always cold because, of, well, if your kidneys aren't working properly, you might be anemic. So you're always cold anyway. So you're extra cold than the regular person. Also, if you're keeping your room, I think we saw that, what did we see? 95% of people had switched their heating off at some point. That's nearly everybody <laughs> in that survey. So they were keeping their rooms really cold because they were worried about putting the heating on. And if it's too cold, your machine won't work because the uh, it'll all start to clog up and your blood, you get blood clots and things like that if you're on the hemo. So it's not a good idea to not use heating when it's cold outside. So that's but, literally yeah. life-threatening then. So if you're forced into the position that you're turning your heating off, which could then cause clotting in your dialysis machine, that's yeah. potentially life-threatening. I suppose it is. I think that that it's more that the, the machine just doesn't work properly rather than anything else. And it is absolutely discouraged by people not to keep the rooms that cold. But also if you keep your fluids and things really cold as well, <laughs> they're going to take, if you're on peritoneal dialysis, for example, and, and the fluid you're putting into your tummy is cold, well, that's going to make you really, really cold, isn't it? So there's more to think of it that way as well. So I would say that having a dialysis room you know, the room where you do your dialysis, keeping it, you know, at a temperature that's kind of at least above 18 degrees, and that's not very warm, I don't think, is, you know, is a necessity. It's not a luxury. I'm still taken aback by this because, as I keep saying, you don't expect that in this day and age that people are forced into this position. And the only word that I can, I mean, I don't think disgusting really describes it enough how bad this is. And I'm finding myself repeating myself, but nobody should be in this position whatsoever. No, no, they shouldn't. They really shouldn't. And, you know, to our audience, you know, not everybody's in that situation, but we're just reporting what people told us back in those surveys. We had more than a thousand people responded to each of the two surveys. One was probably called Priced Out of Existence. and The other one was called Left Out in the Cold. And so thank you, yeah, everyone, for giving us your kind of views, what's going on for you as well. And everybody was worried about it. Let's put it that way. And a lot of people were stated that they were missing meals of the people that responded. And there'll be a smaller group who are on the home dialysis or the peritoneal dialysis who talked to us about not keeping their heating on. But actually, a lot of transplant recipients as well don't, wouldn't be putting the heating on because worried about cold. And some people 
I'm definitely not recommending this, but some people, you know, they were buying heated, you know, those things. They're like the heated electric blankets that you can, or heated like little mini duvets that you can wrap around yourself and switch on to keep you warm because it's cheaper to keep yourself warm than warm the room. And I'm not definitely not saying Kidney Care UK you know, recommends anything like that, but I can absolutely understand why you wrap yourself in a blanket to keep warm. And it's it's not good enough. It's just not good enough, is it? As you say, in this day and age, people need to be warm. And if you've got kidney failure, you need to get your reimbursement for running your dialysis machines. So it's getting better, but it's not complete yet. And that's why there's, there's more to be done. So far, we've been talking about what's been happening in England. But yeah. what about Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland? Yes, we support the whole of the UK, of course. So I think it's important that you and I chat about what's happening in the other countries as well, Dee. So I'm going to start with Wales, if that's OK. In Wales, they've actually got a national policy for reimbursement for everybody and they use a calculator to do that. So that's, you know, thumbs up to Wales and they've been doing that for a long time. However, there's always a however, that doesn't always cover the cost of heating for the room. So that's where I'd sort of probably be looking to, if you're going to improve the support for people on home dialysis in Wales. In Scotland and Northern Ireland, there are, there are different situations. So in, in Scotland, we have a policy officer, relatively new, called Judith. So she's been doing quite a lot of investigation, shall we say, about what the different trusts and boards do there, because they work in a, in a slightly different way to what they do in England. And what we found is, again, a lot of variations, a lot of differences in different places, different rates, different ways in which it's repaid. But what we found is that the greater Glasgow hospitals, and then I think it's fourth, and I think there's another one in you know, fourth, which links to it, they're doing a good job. They are reimbursing people in a timely way, and that's great. But what we also found is that other parts of Scotland aren't doing that yet. So we're doing a bit of work there, and this podcast is heard that might have finished, but she's, we're doing a bit of a survey just as we've done a bigger survey across the whole of the UK. So we're doing a bit of a survey in the different kidney units in Scotland to both with staff and with patients just to kind of find out what's actually happening there. That's a piece of work we're doing there to kind of to try to be able to go back to government there and say, look, guys, you need to at least put something in place about how people get reimbursed so that wherever you live in Scotland, you can, you can get your reimbursement as well. So it's kind of a mixed picture there, but there's something that Kidney Care UK are doing there. And then finally, I should talk about Northern Ireland. We have Andrew, who's our policy officer there, who's uh, great, but there's no government there at the moment, as people might know. So it's working with the health service directly. That's something that he's doing quite a lot of investigation on there. And again, it's really a mixed picture across the different units. If you are in any of the countries, get in touch with us and let us know what's going on there as well, because the more info we have, the better it's going to be to help our campaigns, the different asks in the different countries. If anyone wants to follow you on social media or get in contact with you, what are your handles? Yeah, sure. Anyone can follow me on social media if they'd like. I'm at Fiona Cloud. That's Fiona C. Cloud. And you can also email us at policy at kidneycareuk.org. And I will also put that in the description box for anyone who wants to follow Fiona or get in contact. Today we've talked about home dialysis and reimbursement. And so 
Fiona, would you like to share a final summary and word for the listeners? Thank you very much, Dee. And, and thank you for the conversation about reimbursement and for people on dialysis at home, you know, why it's important and about the additional costs that everyone's been facing. But NHS trusts should meet their obligations for reimbursement in full for people on dialysis at home. It's a, it's a great treatment. It's a great choice. And that the reimbursement should not be a barrier to that. There is a policy in England for reimbursement but it's just not fully there yet in every single hospital. There's a policy and there's some stuff going on in Wales, which is great, which means that people do get quite a reimbursement, but they perhaps need more for that to keep the rooms warm when they're doing the dialysis. And in the rest of the country, in Northern Ireland and Scotland, Kidney Care UK are working to kind of uncover the differences in the way people are getting their repaid or not getting repaid in different units. So we're working hard on that. We talked about our surveys that you all helped with so keep telling us what's going on in your part of the world keep sending us your questions we have a brilliant team of patient support and advocacy officers who can help you and just keep going keep going in there as well because there is progress on this form of reimbursement and when we work together to tell policymakers what you're going through it can hit the mark and it can start to make change but there is still a lot more to do. And we'd like to do that together with everyone who is undergoing kidney treatment. Thank you so much for joining me, Fiona, and for sharing this information. This really is a, a powerful call to action. And for everyone listening, let's get behind this. And for everyone, let's keep going. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. And don't forget that you can contact me on social media using the handle Diary of a Kidney Warrior. Please do subscribe to the podcast and please do tell a friend. New episodes of this podcast are released every other Monday. Until next time, take care and choose to live. Diary of a Kidney Warrior, sharing faith, knowledge, hope, and love.